millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week answer your questions. I'm going to start this podcast by asking, if you were female and you asked in a beautician for an Evo triangle, what would you receive? <laughs> we're not starting like that. Why not? I want to know rude. what... Because you've already offended at least one of our female listeners by Why? saying that women are uninterested in homologation specials a couple of weeks ago. Well, from, I mean, I tried to... A lady called Helen on, on the Patreon said, I tried to say it from my experience, you know, from my side of things. <laughs> on that side uh, of things. <laughs> do you know what? Has, I've been te- I must have been texted and DM'd on that side of things, I don't know, 50 times? Oh, I know. Like a lot. It's incredible. A lot of times. A, uh, a chap called Paul Duckworth emailed in. I don't know if you saw this one, said um, he was speculating whether the on that side of things guy writes it in emails or shortens it so that he he just ends (laughs) sentences with O-T-S-O-T. What? That's not a thing, is it? He's given given an example. John will be round at eight for the mower, (laughs) O-T-S-O-T. No, that's just not a thing. I don't think it's a thing. So we asked a couple of weeks ago or so um, our Patreons if they wanted to ask us anything. And um, they did. The, the 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 questions have been excellent and many to the point where I had to draw a line under it and say, please stop asking us questions because <laughs> um, <laughs> not to be rude. It's just that we'd never get through them, and then I think that's just annoying for people to um, to have sent one in and, and not have answered. So um, I, I don't really know where to start, except that I suppose at the top would be like as in the first people who asked, just because that seems to be a fair way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Otherwise, I don't know how to manage <coughs> this at all. Well, we're not very good at uh, managing this. Sort of all I want to say is no. thank you to everyone that sent in questions, and we will get through them, and we might talk sense in amongst. The, the filth and the weirdness. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's start at the top. So Peter Norrish says, what's the car you own slash have owned that people offer slash offered to buy from you most often? Um, it's a really good one, that. It's probably my Dodge. Mm. Um, yeah, it's probably the Dodge. Or when I had a Mark One for Granada and I didn't want to sell it, I used to get people trying to buy it. When I advertised it, I really struggled to sell it. <laughs> and that was quite frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be an easy sell, but wasn't. Um, yeah, that one. That was that was pretty yeah, good. I think it? mine would be my um, defender. Yeah. Because, Do you get notes yeah, on people it? People like it. No, I've never had a note on any car, uh, as far as I can remember. Oh, uh, asking to buy it? No, but you know, just people sort of say, including. Um, yeah, I was up at a car dealer up north for something else, and and the bloke came out one of the salesman came out and went is this yours and I, yeah would you um 
would, would you be looking to sell it? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, I'll give, you the, I'll give you my card anyway. I've still got his card in my Defender. Oh, um, that's, that's honourable. That's honourable. But, uh, yeah, that's the one for me. Um, we're going to skip on because we've got so many of these to get through. Elliot Jones, what's your favourite BL brand and model? And if you had to drive one as a daily for the rest of your life, brackets unmodified, which would it be? <laughs> oh. It would be a Rover SD1 Vanden Plus for me. Ooh, that's a um, good call. Unmodified, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, unmodified because it's a no, no resto mods, no go. You know, I'll have a Dolomite Sprint, but I'll have it, you know, fully sort of polybushed and all sorts. That's no, not allowed. That's, that's so. not, not, not cool. Um, BL brand. I oh rest of my life it's a big one I I think I would be tempted to go could I go with the um the series three Jag that ended up having a coach built estate version made Ooh. that was quite uh, awkward the back windows were yeah, very awkward didn't work did it but it's interesting yeah yeah and also practical Stewards inquiry on whether that counts as a modified, but I think we're going to let it pass. Can I have that? Which I, I will. I will yeah. I'll, I'll put up the, the the name of it because I've totally forgotten, or I might just. Uh, yeah, I've gone blank on that one as well. <sighs> anyway, um, uh, Elliot, I think I agree, kind of agree with yours. I might go SD1 Vitesse, but then I'd sort of be tempted by a P6 3500 as well. Oh my god! What am I talking about? Yeah, P six. I bought this Estora. The Sextora. Yeah, I'd have a three and a half S Sextora mm. because it's a stunning car, and I actually think it looks good too. So they yes. do look good. Yeah, yeah. Fair I enough. know a guy I, I, that has I, I, five of them in Cornwall. I met him. I haven't met him in person, but I've, I've been speaking to him over the last nine months or so on social media. Young guy, lovely bloke. Sheldon has his own um, YouTube channel. He has five of them. Is it wise to live in a coastal region when you have old cars? Or what? does he not? Is he heavily inland in Cornwall? I, I don't know if he's heavily inland, but all I know is that he, he has more of them than anyone else, and they're in various yeah. states of disrepair. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wonder if he knows an old a teacher at my school, Mr Hurst, who had lots of Rover P6s, including an Astora. Oh, he really? Um, you had a teacher with a Sextora? Yeah. Wow. It was really weird. Mr Hurst had loads of P6s. And then one day he came into school and he'd got an all-white Volkswagen Golf Cabriolet Mark One, obviously, because it was the 80s. And it was yeah. just like the most unexpected car for him to buy. Was Still it his had wife's the P6s, car? though. No, he was very much a bachelor because oh, okay. of the P6s, I think. <laughs> P6 <laughs> bachelor. He was famously quite smelly. <laughs> lovely man, like in many ways, a lovely man, but, uh, but a, a bit smelly. And I bet he had, obsessed with P6s. I bet he had non-power steering BO. That's what it oh, was. Oh, maybe that's what it, it was. Be, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, that's not a question from a from a reader. Um, um, it's just no. a, an, a, an assumption on my part. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Next question. I think I'm going to go with. Um, oh God, it's hard, isn't it? BL Brandon model. Bloody, I'm just going to go SD Wonder for test because it's it's a it's good call. Solid. Good Although call. the actual car probably wouldn't be. But. Good call. I'll go P6 uh, S Tora. Yeah, good choice. Okay. Uh, what do I want to stag? No, no, I'm going to stick with the Vitesse. Trump um, slag. <laughs> no. Slag. Jamie Crane asks, how did Smith and Sniff start working together? Uh, well, it was that, I think it, we met at Geneva Motor Show, we said, didn't we? Um, we? There was a free bar from memory. No, the first time we met was at the Goodwood Revival. Mm. I'm pretty certain of this because... I was there in the hotel with my wife. We'd just arrived, and you and your wife came back from a, a day at the at the festival. A day at the races, yes. 
and you were dressed up like a sort of 1950s greaser. Ah, yes. Yeah. I can't remember what your wife was dressed as, but she, you both looked really cool. She was wearing and pedal pushes and things. Yeah, and, uh, and everybody else for the revival tends to sort of default to like, I'm going to go, we're going to go as RAF personnel or, yeah, yeah. or you know, sort of wartime striped suits and, and, and floral dresses and big sunglasses. And yeah, there's a just sort of, it, it's like people are quite unoriginal. And I include myself in this when they go to that thing and do the fancy dress. And you and your wife had put effort in and looked really cool. And I remember saying to my wife, oh, look, it's that guy off the TV. Oh, shit. It's probably a bit too cool for school. And and I, so we didn't come and talk to you at first. <laughs> you flute. And then later we got talking and found out that uh, actually we got on very well. And our wives got on very well. And then I think the next evening, you, for some reason, we went to some kind of outdoor drinks place. At Goodwood, yeah, and you made me drink a pint of really strong cider. Ah, well, it's the initiation it was ceremony. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why I allowed your West Country ways to infiltrate. <laughs> it was not something I would order. I don't particularly like cider, and you made me drink a really strong pint of cider. And I think that's probably sort of cemented the friendship in some strange way. <laughs> and then after that, I think that's the thing. And then we used to see each other around, didn't we? Just at car stuff and the Geneva show and things like that. And yeah. then. Um, and then we went to Pebble Beach together. Yeah. On a ludicrous blag. Yes, uh, it was. It was amazing. And you ended up... you spent the, We were staying in that really fancy hotel at Pebble Beach. Yes. And you just spent the whole time badgering the staff to let you borrow a golf buggy. I mean, that's pretty oh, you, much all you spent your it, time doing. It I is, isn't it? We were surrounded by multi-million pound cars and all I wanted to borrow was an electric golf buggy. And do you remember one night we got quite pissed... In, in in the hotel and then went out prowling around the grounds looking for where they kept the golf oh, buggy. We did, and they were really well locked away. Really well locked <laughs> I think we even got on Google Maps and got on the aerial view, or Google Earth maybe it was then, and, and as we're trying to zoom in on the hotel to see where the golf buggy compound was, it was like some kind of really shit Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. I, that was that was after like those really ornate cocktails where, being, being yeah. America, they put, I don't know, a third of a bottle of vodka on the top of each cocktail <laughs> just to top it up, and you end up, you're absolutely banjaxed after three of them. And then I... One afternoon, for some reason, we weren't looking at nice old cars. We were there for about a week. It was insane. <laughs> we were there for five days, I think. It was yeah. bizarre. And yeah. one afternoon, I don't know. Well, I know where you'd been. You'd been badgering the hotel staff to borrow a golf buggy again. Yeah. And I'd been at a wine tasting. And I was a bit pissed. And you came running across the hotel lobby and went, I've got one. <laughs> and we went outside and there was a, they brought round a golf buggy for you to have a go in for no readily apparent reason. <laughs> No, I think I said provide. I think I said I was doing a recce to film some TV work um, <laughs> and just put my <laughs> and put my best British accent on the like oh okay he's obviously trustworthy British guy uh, yeah and that was that and then we got it stuck on the sand on Pebble Beach it wasn't yeah. that pebbly unfortunately otherwise we might not have got stuck <laughs> but anyway yeah uh, it got completely stuck and we panicked that we were in real trouble and then. A nice lady pulled up in a Jeep. Uh, what are they called? They were Liberty, the old Cherokees. Liberty! And, and she went, oh, I'll help you. I can pull you out. I've got a rope. Oh, no, I haven't got a rope. I'll go home and get one, which was incredibly nice of her. But while we were waiting oh, for yeah. her to go and get a rope, um, 
we were on that trip with Jaguar, weren't we? And Jaguar's head of PR and Ian Callum, their director of design, pulled up in a jack and just stood above the beach laughing at us, which was a relief because I thought they'd be really cross. Well, seeing as we, we were, were about an hour about. late to leave for that massive auction that I can't remember the name of. What's the really... Oh, yeah. It was that really... Um, exotic car auction where everything sells for millions of dollars that's where yeah. we were going yeah yeah and we were late we for that to, we had to pull a golf buggy off the and then it, we returned it to the hotel um you know pulling covered in seaweed and sand. covered in seaweed and sand and we basically just gave the keys to the valet and ran off <laughs> <laughs> happy times that was that was a decade ago it was uh, uh, next question uh, James Harvey strictly limited to the cars you've actually driven which would you say is the best and worst car for a petrol station picnic petrol station hmm. picnic PSP um, best, best and worst. worst I would say worst for a petrol station picnic it's got to be something like a Lotus Exige because not much light yeah. gets in the cabin uh, oh, although, hang on. If you say picnic, it means well, you're allowed to get out because the back of the Exige is probably quite a good No, I think he table. means like when we when we used to make videos when we could and we oh. would sit in a petrol station and have a sandwich. I think that's what he's talking about. And I was going to say the Alpine A110, not good because the interior is quite small and there's not a lot of places to put there's stuff. There's no stowage. Yeah, that would, wouldn't be great, would it? You just You want a car with loads of, ideally, a big flat centre... Yeah, console onto which you can rest. Lots things. of plinths. Lots of plinths. Do you know what a Honda E a would high, be? A great one. Dash top. Oh, Honda yeah, E would be a really good um, p- 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 petrol station picnic vehicle. So maybe we with an added try. dash of irony as well, because it has no business to be in a petrol station. Exactly. Just so many layers to that. <laughs> so I think. <laughs> And I'm going to say an aerial Atom probably isn't a great vehicle, or a Caterham. Although, I do keep saying that we should do a, a drive together in um, a Morgan three-wheeler, just because... I saw on Auto Car last week that they had a sort of quite staged spy photograph of um, the next-generation Morgan three-wheeler. Because they said they were going to stop making it, and I was a bit like, oh, that's a shame. But it seems like, no, it's because there's a new one coming. So maybe when the new one comes, we can uh, ask nicely to borrow one. and then yeah. Mor- Morgan but- Freewheel, <clears throat> yeah. Does all the voiceovers. Morgan Freewheeler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, next question, Martin L. Uh, what is the largest fruit or vegetable you reckon you could get out of human <laughs> arse without either the fruit or vegetable or the arse breaking? Martin, what? catch a grip. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Go away and do your own research, Martin. Yeah, uh, well, um, my mate Danny works in um, uh, A&E in Bristol Royal Infirmary. He, he's got many stories involving oh, yeah. doing x-rays. Doctors always have, haven't they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, ridiculous. I said the other week, <clears throat> I was reading that, um, uh, I was going to say Peter Kay, and it's not Peter Kay, is it? it's the other guy. Um, I can't remember his name now. The um, Adam Kay. Uh, his Paddy McGuinness? About being a doctor. No, I don't think Paddy McGuinness has ever been a doctor. Okay. I'm guessing. Uh, next question, James Smith. I was wondering, how big do you think the Sultan of Brunei's keyring is? I reckon it's <laughs> That's like brilliant. a child's hula hoop. Perhaps he has a bespoke, modified IKEA Billy bookcase to store them in. I think that's it. I think that's brilliant. A Billy bookcase with um, hooks screwed into the uh, the the sides of each compartment <laughs> into the fiberboard. Uh, do you know what I think? I think, although he's exceptionally wealthy, um, 
he's also maybe really indecisive and not hugely organised. So I think he has one of those <laughs> massive, massive biscuit tins from like the 60s, <laughs> you know, which is really ornate, got lots of designs on embossed and stuff. And they're just all crammed in. So every every time he goes to the garage and he thinks, I don't know what I want to drive, I want to drive something. He shakes the biscuit tin and turns it upside down. <laughs> and then goes, there, that one. And the first thing his eye stares at, it just goes, that, that one. Like whatever glints at him, I'm having that one. But what a nightmare because he plunges his hand in and it's like a cat's cradle of keys and it's just whatever comes free really yeah and so it comes free and it's like okay it's a it's a ferrari right and he goes down to the garage and he's going around plipping like in a multi-story just plipping hoping it'll <laughs> it'll open and then he realizes it's a an enzo or something but it's blocked in by a load of other cars so he's got to go back in the house find the biscuits in rummage about it's a <laughs> Fucking nightmare being the Sultan of Brunei, don't you oh, think? Yeah, I would say it's a massive pain in the ass. I wonder whether, I actually, rather it. than the biscuits in, he just keeps all the keys in a kitchen drawer. I mean, a really big kitchen drawer, because I yeah. imagine he's got quite a big kitchen. Quite a heavy marble drawer, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a, an onyx and gold drawer. It's about <laughs> the width of an actual car, and it's beautifully damps you know soft clothes and soft clothes so you can throw it closed and it always just slows down but at the last minute when you open it up it's got 17 phone chargers most of which are for a phone he no longer owns some uh, old biros which don't work they're not biros though are reason. they they'd be really mm. expensive i don't know mont blanc uh, or another yeah. expensive pen yeah, make. Absolutely <laughs> loads, of loads of really expensive sunglasses one of which at least has got the arm snapped off the instruction yeah. manual for the oven which he can never find when he actually needs it to change the clocks when the clocks go forward and then just he doesn't know what the oven is reams of car never keys been shown no. it. <laughs> he's like what's this for <laughs> what oven that's what he does he keeps his car keys in the oven like a proper drug dealer <laughs> Because he never, because he never uses the oven, and the chef's got a completely separate kitchen. So he just, he just throws them all in the oven. He opens the oven door every day, and just cascades of just key fobs go out, like a water feature. Uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, he's got one there of those go. old school um, seaside amusements kind of drawers that go in and out, where you put two pences in and they they drop down onto the. Onto the drawers. He's got those, but with his own keys in. He has to win his own keys just to add a bit of spice. <laughs> One of those little grabber things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, we've, we've dwelled we've, on that. We've too dealt long. with that one, I think, pretty comprehensively. <clears throat> I hope that answers your question, James. Um, Richard Tapp asks What are your views on stanced cars? From cars that are very low through to ones with ridiculous camber that are totally undrivable. Uh, any thoughts? Yes. Um, I. I think well, we didn't used to call it stanced, so it was just lowered or very lowered or low riding. I've mm. I've I've had a number of those sorts of cars. Uh, my Mark One Granada was one, and um, I really like a lot of them if they're done right. I've been at the receiving end of badly done lowered cars, and it's just joyless. Um, hydraulics are a great idea. Air, air ride these days is even even better actually. Um, what I don't, and I, I like a car that's sort of body dropped, and I like a proper custom job. What I don't like is 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 when the negative camber is so negative, there's no contact patch on the road. <laughs> and and I I gotta say, I'm not down with the whole like one six five tire stretched over a twelve J rim. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I'm tire not stretching that. is. It's just fucking lethal. To me. It's lethal. Yeah, 
There's, there's no. But do not some of these tire stretching enthusiasts go to shows and then put the stretch tires on? Maybe because you can't I th- drive on the road. Well, like Pete, that, some surely. people do drive on the road like that. The problem is, is I get it. You want the look, but there's such a big gap between wanting the look and then crashing a car you've just spent twenty grand on because the tire just doesn't fit on the bead properly. Yeah, uh, and I'm just I'm not really. That's not cool. There's there's other ways of doing it. And um, yeah. So I, I, but but yeah, I mean, I drove a lowered, I drove a, like a, a, a dirty low car every day for about two years. It was so low. If I had people in the back and I overtook on the dual carriageway, it would flick the cat's eyes out, off the road. It, what? The diff would flick a cat's eye out of the road. Jesus Christ. Was this yeah. the Jag? No, that was a Granada before I fitted hydraulics to it. Oh, it was oh. just, it was grossly low. My dad just used to shake his head at me every time he saw it. He just thought it was, I used to have to plot a map around every town because there were only certain ways I could get into a town. It was pathetic, but I was, look, I was 19 and it was the coolest thing out there then uh, in my head. So that's oh, my boy. answer. I think your answer is yeah. probably simpler. No, I don't. I mean, each to their own. I don't. I mean, I do think yes. If you if you uh, and it's I don't I don't see them around so much anymore. But you know, the sort of like super super lowered uh, hot hatchbacks from the prime of yes of max power days. And I would sort of <clears> think <throat> now what you've done there is you have gone all out for the look at the expense of actually being able to use your car as a car, and it's great exactly it sump on every single blob of gravel on every single street, but. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. It's like it's not my car. I don't, and I don't get it, it when you're doing. While I was, you know, like we were talking about last week, vigilante yeah. modification, I'd be a bit annoyed. But yeah. I don't. Um, it, I don't know. It's fine. You do watch. I'll go outside now and find There's the some air really great- failed on my Range Rover, and it's sitting with his belly on the ground, and it'll be some kind of <laughs> bizarre irony. Um, anyway. I, I I think if it, if there's some incredible creativity mm. out there, and there's some yeah, there's a guy who's. Um, got a DeLorean on air ride and the wheels I think are like um, custom versions of the originals but remade as like 18s at great expense I'm sure and it looks amazing it just sits brilliantly looks right and I know it was engineered well and I think yeah that's cool that's to be applauded Um, James James Allington K are there any plans to do any videos in the near future the near future it's a few people have asked this um maybe is yeah maybe we are sort of allowed at some point aren't we i don't know i mean it's a bit of a gray area and it feels like so technically we sort of could because we could count it as work but yes it is work which is it is we're sort of you know we are kind of getting paid for it we have our income from it in a way so yes it's work um it's what we do for a living partly but I don't know. I suppose we probably wear masks and then it's all a bit weird. I suppose, I mean, we will definitely, won't we? And we were talking as well about maybe doing some stuff on yeah. on the Late Break Show and you, you, you're determined to give me a lift somewhere in your taxi and that may conform yes. to some kind of social distancing rules by dint of me sitting in the back. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll wear white gloves as well. Anyway, long answer short, yes, at some point we will definitely do some videos together again, but I think probably the podcast seems to be sort of working out and to be brutally honest it's much easier to do i think what we'll do is we'll i could envisage us doing the equivalent of what the grand tour maybe does is we'll do specials which will be videos yeah 
Yeah, it's like maybe... So and they will be like two a year. Yeah, well, because our most successful video by far is us wandering around that field of shite. Scrap. And so if we sort of did, every so often did like an hour-long one of those, or even, you know, two half-hour specials from somewhere, then exactly. maybe that's sort of... I don't know. Well, I mean, if anyone has strong feelings about this, let us know. Driving somewhere, and I'll, I'll treat you to a day out in a scrapyard with a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the other thing good? that people seem to ask for a lot on sort of YouTube comments and in and the Patreon messages is more of the... Is it money from Nigerian princes? Yeah, yeah. And I, I happily just give them your details because I think it's probably, <laughs> you know, you've earned it. I don't know, I, I, there's, um, there's uh, that one we did, Old Money Cars of London, where we just went around looking at, you know, interesting cars on the streets of a slightly posh bit of London. And I I, um, I think people quite yes. like that. So maybe we'll do one of those, but maybe do it on foot. I don't know, because then we can see more and stop and talk. And there's already, actually, another part of London That's that I've great. had cause to walk around recently that was a fertile hunting ground. So... I think maybe... Maybe that's our first portacle. I'll bring the car down. I'll bring a, a, a convenient vehicle. Uh, I think I know what we could use that could easily duck into a um, onto a curb and we could abandon it momentarily. <laughs> I think, Is it a taxi? I think I've got something. No, it's not a taxi. A taxi's far too good no, for that. No. no. has to be much more nimble than that. Probably electric. Um, the next question is actually uh, John <coughs> Lancaster Lennox is seconding the question about videos, but... Um, but is also calling you out on referring to your taxi as a Tokyo taxi, which have you done that? I don't know. Did you? He says it's. Well, I have sort of referred to it as a Tokyo taxi. He says taxi, it is yeah. not a Tokyo taxi. It's from a different area of Japan. The minimum fare is too low. Tokyo minimum is 410 yen. But what about when that taxi went out of. Well, use? I was wondering that as well. Because yeah. John sounds like he's speaking from some kind of Tokyo experience. But um, Well, John, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you have vastly more experience uh, than me. <laughs> what I would say is maybe I've been told it's from the outer fringes of Tokyo, uh, uh, which could explain why it's in good condition, but also um, the, maybe the f- fare is lower. Um, I mean, my it, it's been it's not been a taxi for about eleven years, so bear that in mind when talking about the currency. Mm. But I'd like to talk more about that, John. Thanks. <laughs> um, I've got some lovely uh, um, JDM stickers to put on it, actually. Subtle ones huh. that are very confusing. <laughs> well, because they're uh, in Japanese. Well, because they're in Japanese, yeah. And, I, and some of the logos are great. Uh, Zane ha- Ali. Zane Ali. Yes. Have, has there been a car launch that which you wish you were invited to, but you didn't get an invite to? Um also, does Richard's name Sniff come from his youthful partying days when he didn't mind a line or two of Columbia's <laughs> finest? No, it comes from my website, Sniff Petrol. And Sniff Petrol is yeah, called he, Sniff Petrol because I was setting up, I had some free web space and a lot of time on my hands, and um, I wanted to do a website. And I wanted to call it Autoholic. And at the time, there was already a website called that, or someone at least had bought the domain name. And that kind of crushed my plans. So I wrote down a load of other ideas, and I think I sent them to a mate of mine who listens to this podcast, Hello Has, and uh, Sniff Petrol was the one that he went, oh, I like that one. So I went with that. Just seemed like a, an amusing name. That I, I was also, main, the main motivating factor was no one else would have taken the URL. 
and um, <laughs> by which you have to, you know, even back then that was like two thousand and one. It was easier to get the address of your choosing if you melded together two words that no one else had thought to meld together, and sniff petrol was one of those. So that's where it comes from. Um, has there ever been a car launch you wish you were invited on? I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I suppose, does he mean as in because yeah. they were sort of famously lavish and crazy? And- well, I heard that the yeah the MX-5 was quite interesting because you went to Hawaii but uh, <laughs> got to drive the car for about 20 minutes because there were so many flights to get. Yeah, there. I heard That of was one, supposed to be quite good. I, I think there was some generation of Audi A8 where there was a very minimal amount of car driving because there was an awful lot of knobbing about in speedboats and things. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, I'm in there. I can't. I mean, there's all these. I quite like a crap car on a really interesting location, almost more than a supercar event. Yeah, that's almost what you know, like the new Corsa, but you're in Corsica, and you're there, and it's you've got to be there for five days minimum. (laughs) There, those. I tell you what, I did go on, which so it doesn't really count to answer this question is. Um, Evo said to me, do you want to go to the US to drive the Nissan GTR? Now, they'd already driven the GTR. This was going to be like a sort of follow-up feature based on the still current GTR being sold in the US for the first time. So Nissan were taking three or four journos from the UK to California to go and drive the GTR out there. So it's a fairly sort of inexplicable trip. And we got there. It's lengthy, isn't it? And then, for some reason, we couldn't have access to the cars for like two days. So we had a day to sort of just get over jet lag. And then we had a day where we were in Northern California. We'd flown to San Francisco and then across to Reno. And then I can't remember where we were. But they said, right, well, I'm afraid we still can't drive the cars today. So does anyone want to go skiing? And what? And 
So a couple of the people on the trip. This tri- is a car God launch. A couple of the people. A carless car launch. A couple of the people on the trip who were keen skiers went, yeah, that sounds great. So we went up to this ski resort. The rest of us just sat in the, you know, lodge thing and drank coffee. And and um, we were driven around in this massive SUV, an Armada, I think it is. And this an Armada is the sort of big, big SUV in the US. Size of an Armada. And this guy yes. was driving us around in it. And I was so, like... This feels weird and strange and wrong. And I was on the way back, because I, I, I just had a coffee. Well, some people had a bit of a drink, but I was like, no. I, I said to the guy while we were sitting having a coffee, can I drive us back from here to the hotel, which is sort of like, you know, hour or so drive? And he went, yeah, don't see why not, but I'm supposed to be driving you now. And I was like, I know, but I really just want to drive a car. And I've never driven one of those before, so please may I drive it? <laughs> he was like, yeah, okay, no problem. So I drove back to the hotel, and then we had dinner. And then the next day, finally, it was like, okay, this afternoon you're going to get a go in the GTRs. It was like, this has been... It was a very... Um, it was a very strange trip. I got, I mean, I got a feature out of it, so I suppose, you know, that's what you're there for. But it seemed like it was a long way. And then I almost missed my flight home. Oh, my gosh, Richard. <laughs> for various complicated oh reasons. Oh, my gosh. I had to run through LAX airport and I'd already worked out and I was on my own the rest of the party was staying on for another day I think so I don't know go swimming or what, something because it was so stressful yeah, they were all exhausted <laughs> after the skiing and I, um, oh my gosh these things are like a distant I know memory. That things like this don't really happen anymore this was this no was, they don't you know probably 10 years ago something like that so it's still sort of an era of lavishness but um, um, another question right Richard Major have you ever sold a car to someone who's clearly some sort of criminal? <laughs> I once unloaded a Fiesta whose lambda sensor had somehow welded itself to the exhaust manifold but needed changing. The chaps that bought it to put on the back of an ill-sized flatbed paid me in 50 quid notes and gave me what was definitely a fake address for the V5 <laughs> documents. Uh, have I ever sold... E- I, I actually sold a vehicle during lockdown to someone that I that my wife was convinced <laughs> were dodgy. Um, and it was a bit stressful for a time. Uh, yeah, it was a motorbike. And they turned up to get a motorbike on with a beaver tail lorry, uh, which it, it doesn't... It, like, motorbikes don't fit on them because there's nothing for them to attach to. It's actually the worst vehicle you could probably have picked. Do you have to sort of lie them on their side and lash them down? I had to... Uh, yeah, I had to empty... Um, all of my recycling um, to just find piles of boxes and oh bubble pack to lay the bike onto, then give them a rug. Then um, you they gave them a rug. Yeah, I gave them an old rug. Don't worry, a cat had whazzed on it tons and dozens <laughs> of times. <laughs> and then, and it was one of my garage rugs that I used for like just you know resting car doors on and stuff. Um, I gave them that. They paid me, um, and the notes were absolutely pristine. And Mm. I took them, and it was too much for me to count. I think it was eight grand. And my wife, who was indoors, she tapped on the window and gave me that look. And I just craned my head in. She went, you are not accepting that money, and you are going going to the bank with them and the bank will check whether it's hooky or not you make make it make an excuse and go to the bank with them now i went what how so i had to ask these guys who just given me eight and a half k in brand new perhaps suspicious notes mm. wearing oily tracky bottoms with a beaver tail lorry with a motorbike on the back like, guys listen this is a bit too much for me to count i don't normally accept cash uh could you just follow me into town and they did they were like yeah no problem to be fair to them they were great 
See, they this, as me soon as they town. say, yeah, no problem, I kind of feel like that's okay. If they yeah. started getting a bit weird, unless, yeah. of course, they went, yeah, no problem, and then clonked you over the head with a, a spanner. Yeah, maybe, but I, I made sure that I was in a far more agile car than their beaver tail um, transit. So I thought, <laughs> if they try and do, do me one at a junction, I'll just do a U-turn <laughs> and give chase. Smash you off the road into a lake. Yes, I, I figured I'd already, I'd already thought that one through. And it ended up being fine. But yes, I did think they were a bit hooky at first. I've never sold a car to someone who was clearly some sort of criminal, Richard. But um, I'm intrigued by the rest of your question. When you say the, the chaps who bought your Fiesta uh, put it on the back of an ill-sized flatbed. It's like, I want to know, ill-sized as in far too small or far too big? Oh, it's funny you should say that. I have actually sold. I sold. I had an Oldsmobile Cutlass, and I sold it to a guy who wasn't dodgy, but he, I'd given him all the measurements of the car, and he just hadn't read my email it seemed he'd won it on ebay and he turned up on a on, with a mercedes quite a short mercedes um flatbed and the car overhung the back of the i'd say it overhung it by about six feet <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what what was even funnier six foot rear overhang now is it with the back wheels just dangling off the back the back wheels were right at the back of the beaver tail and then the oh, whole rest of the car. Bear in mind it was a 70s American car, so you can yeah. imagine the overhang. But what was even better than that was it clearly couldn't cope with the weight of this old. It loaded on and he'd lashed it on and we hadn't driven it anywhere. And I just looked at it and thought, the front springs and the front suspension is, is right on the rise, like hydrofoil, and it hasn't even oh. driven anywhere yet. He tried to drive it. He tried to drive it up the lane back onto the road. That you know, like at the back of the lorry, there's a there's a light bar with a number plate underneath. Mm. Of all of that was just dragging on the ground. All of it. And he and I said, "Where are you? Where are you going?" And he said, "Gloucester." That was 160 <laughs> miles. <laughs> I just thought he's not actually. He's going to arrive with no wiring for the back of the oh, truck, and it's just God. going to have worn flat. It was incredible. I never heard from him again. Never. But he was a nice bloke. I hope he didn't have a massive crash. Um, oh, yeah. dear. Okay. Um, the next question, Martin Wasty. Wasty or Wasty? I don't Wasty. know. Sorry, Martin, I'm not sure. I'm going to say Wasty because um, it looks like it might be that, as in pasty. Uh, he just asks, Ineos Grenadier, why? Well, we've sort of covered this in a previous podcast because I had a bit of a... a, a you had a rant. It. A rant, indeed. Yeah, I, I just think it's a stupid waste of time. Um, yes, why? I don't. I mean, you've sort of answered your own question there, Martin. Why, indeed. Uh, after that, Richard Major's back to say a guy I went to school with went inside for armed robbery of a bank. What's the best crime you know of committed by an acquaintance? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Look, I, um, I stop hogging th- the questions, Richard. I mean, I, I love to think. Let me think about that one. I'll yeah, stop come back that to that one. one. Um, Fergus McIver asks, I once hard launched a car which wasn't mine and broke its drive shaft. Have you ever broken a car through aggressive driving? Uh, almost certainly. Mm. Um, I can't, have you ever broken a press card? Specifically, yeah. <laughs> okay, super so. casual. No, I'm trying to think though. Have I ever broken a press card? I mean, I've had press cards break, but I can't. I'm trying to think of. I mean, the memorable I, one for me was, and it wasn't me, but I was there. We were doing something on old Top Gear about defensive driving, like where Quentin, of all people, was learning to do J-turns and shit. <laughs> In, and again, I mean, everything I say about this makes it sound absurd. It was Quentin, the least aggressive driver you could possibly meet, short of James May, 
in a Rover 75. <laughs> and during the course of doing an aggressive J-turn, <laughs> ripped the front wheel off. Off! Actually off. Yeah. Oh, well, it became gosh. distinctly less attached than it should be <laughs> for optimum driving pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So that wasn't me, but... It was something I saw that I was part of the filming of. And, definitely um, broken cars on fifth gear. We have yeah. we've most definitely broken cars on fifth gear. Oh, I, I, I shattered an alloy wheel. Um, you know those those um, intentional potholes on in, in test facilities, which are for for curb strikes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'd left one uncovered. And I was doing about sixty in a Vauxhall Adam and went down one, and it left a part of the alloy in the hole, Ooh. and the car carried on. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite bad. Vauxhall were really pissed off with me because they thought I'd done it intentionally. Yeah. Uh, which I hadn't. And um, and I was pissed off with the test facility for leaving a massive hole open uh, <laughs> on a high, on a fairly fast part of the track. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So that's I think we've covered that. Yeah. I have done some other aggressive driving. I've definitely mm. burnt the clutch out on a clear 182 cup. Um, but I think it was slightly bad when I got the car, he says. Yeah, probably, probably. They always <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, they always are. Yeah, um, someone else. <clears throat> uh, next question. Ben Draper says, Richard, are you still working with CHM slash the Grand Tour now that they're only doing specials? Um, yeah, kind of. I wasn't for a bit because there wasn't much for me to do, so I didn't I didn't have anything to do with the Boaty one, and I didn't really have anything to do with the Madagascan one. And then um, I have been a bit involved in... The one that's coming next sometime later this year, which is um, was filmed in Scotland. And, um, I, yeah, I was a bit involved. I that, saw, and some, currently I saw involved some spy in pictures of that one. Uh, yeah, the work has got big old American cars. That's um, right. And, yeah, we're just working on one at the moment, which I've been doing a little bit of stuff for, um, which I can't say too much about. But it's, it's going to film very soon, and then I don't know, it'll be out. I've no idea. It's not up to us or Jeremy <laughs> Richard James or anyone. It's it's Amazon's call. So um, yeah, so I kind of am, and I still see the the three of them fairly often. I work with Jeremy on various other things and with Richard. Uh, and I, I don't really work on James's other TV stuff, but I talk to James quite a lot because we just talk shite about cars. So <clears> the second <throat> part of Ben's question is for both of you: What's your proudest moment of TV which you've done? A car review slash one of Top Gear Grand Tour specials, etc. Um, oh, bloody hell! That's a tricky one because I don't know. I proudest bit of TV. Gosh, um, that is a really big question. I mean, I always quite liked from the later days of when I worked on Top Gear that film about Peugeot, just because it was. I think we sort of got it right in that if you go back and watch it, there is actual information in there. Yeah. Everyone remembers the dicking around. And the fake boardroom scene, which I was always quite pleased with, because it was just, you know, it's just it was basically a comedy sketch. But I, I hopefully it didn't outstay its welcome. And then there's lots of larking about in that. But if you go back and watch it from the beginning, there is actual information in there. It does tell you a bit about the history of Peugeot, and then it sort of springboards that into into daftness. And um, so yeah, I was always quite fond of that. A lot of the stuff that I really liked there was things I wasn't really that involved in, like. Um, one of my favourite Grand Tour things was when they took that self-assembly truck and drove across Mongolia. I just think that's oh, a really yeah. nice film. And, yeah. you know, that was pretty much unscripted. So I did have some... I, mean, I, I, I kind of had some input into how the truck looked because the original design, I didn't think it was very lovable-looking the way it would have turned out. And then, you know, it was it was a bit odd. It was... Yeah. So I said, look... It needs a bit of charm to yeah, it. Yeah, because you make them 
you know, make it friendlier looking, give it lights, and then make them, you know, cut up boxes to make the bodywork, make it look sort of really, really kind of shambolic but sweet. And uh, that was about the full extent of my input into that one. And I think it's a really nice film, one of the best things we've ever done. Oh, and that thing we did at the end of the Grand Tour, all about Ford's Cortinas and Sierras and Mondeos, that I thought turned out really nicely, had a nice heart to it. And I was quite, I was quite across that, but uh, yeah, that's it. Um, well, that's all we've got time for. Yeah. <laughs> um, move on to the next question. Uh, uh, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm. Unfortunately, I have a strange memory in that I can't remember all the things I've done on Fifth Gear unless I look at a physical list in front of me, and it will go ping. Oh yeah, I did do that. I just can't remember most of it. I can remember. I remember being really proud of the double decker smart elk test because it was just <laughs> stupid and, and and i said from the start this is not going to work if you bolt one smart on another smart the other smart won't cope with it we'll just end up burning the engine out and it won't go anywhere but contrary to belief it was amazing and they were both running driving mot'd cars looking back it was a little <laughs> cruel because they're both early cars because they were cheap at the time mm. but um yeah I, I i very much enjoyed that but i did do some stuff that i was very very proud of definitely um and actually some of them weren't very glamorous i think though i was just but the problem is is i can't remember them until i really <laughs> scout i just can't and it's just stupid isn't it people ask me about all the fifth gear stuff i've done well, i've done like 16 series what was it i've done 16 series of stuff and it's so intense at the time it just kind of blur it just I don't know. I, I haven't got the hard drive to to hold on to all the information. It's sad. I'm gonna. I'll have to. I need a big. I need a big receipt on the wall next to me. Just going. This is what you did in series ten. This is what you did in series eleven. This is what you did in series twelve. Which is. I mean, be thankful that it was being filmed. So it's like your your brain has a hard copy of what you've been yeah. up to. Imagine if yeah, you were yeah, a chartered yeah. accountant, you'd have nothing. Just, <clears> oh yeah, completely. I know it. It sounds dead ungrateful, but it. it uh, I don't mean it like that. I, I'm. I, trying to think of a way of articulating it but no i was very proud as um, i'm in pride pride of a lot of stuff um next question oh, richard may just put another question <clears throat> richard you're, you're hogging the questions here no he you? can't he's had he's had two okay, already yeah, we're, we're be, come on james webb's the next man jamie webb yeah now, jamie this is, a, webb. this is a big question it what is. would you suggest to a 60-plus-year-old mild helmsman, brackets my dad, as a stopgap? Bit of a backstory. He's looking at the Defender 110 and really likes the look of them, but he's now he's older, but he can't bring himself to buy a new one at 65 to 80 grand, and there's no deals on X-Demos yet. So far, I've suggested everything from a 10-grand Range Rover Supercharged to a 10-grand 56-plate uh, Audi S6 Avant and a £30,000 13-plate Range Rover Sport. Sport. <laughs> Supercharged. To a 25 grand F10 M5 even. Even a few rogue oh options like a 30 grand DB9, 997 Gen 2, and a couple of Alpinas. The parameters are has to be comfortable, reliable on long motorway journeys as he regularly does Cornwall to Edinburgh for work. Bloody hell. Wow, that's serious. That's a drive. Christ. Isn't going to draw the wrong kind of attention when mm. he parks it outside the house in London. Large cargo capacity and my mum will get in it slash maybe drive it. Uh, bonus points if it won't cost a fortune over the next two years and it won't depreciate massively. Bloody hell, man. Yeah, it's quite uh, a thing. I think, what about a Mercedes E63 estate? Oh, stunner, because you could debadge it if you wanted to yeah. if you wanted to go stealth. So it covers you large cargo capacity, tick. 
Is yeah. it going to draw the wrong attention to parks outside the house in London? Yeah, D Badget, tick. Comfortable slash reliable yeah. on long motorway journeys, tick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much they cost, but it seems like the budget is pretty fluid here because we've gone, Jamie's gone from 10 to 30,000 pounds. Well, put it um, like this you could buy a very, very clean last of the naturally aspirated 6.2s. Ooh, which yeah. I th- it, 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 as a as a C sixty three estate or an E sixty three estate, they're both brilliant. I would even yeah. go as far as to maybe removing the alloy wheels and putting some <laughs> more dowdy wheels on it. Oh, what like uh, like Austrian winter tires? Austrian, spec. yeah, Winters Alto tires, <laughs> Winter Alto wheels, yeah, yeah, and then but but still put some you know choice rubber on. And uh, that, and also on a long journey, those engines will do thirty to the gallon. I was going to say, if on you get cruise a nice control cruise at seventy, on, they, they do settle down a bit, don't they? They're so not if he horrific. did a no, that, so if he did a you know, a, and also if he's an older bloke, he will be fine about getting up at five a.m. to leave Cornwall to go to Edinburgh. <laughs> and and You'd you know, have you, to, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you set be, off, how long is well, he there for? Well, flipping ages, but I mean, a cr- cruise control on a car like that at seventy, actually, it will burble along effortlessly because it's geared well. Yeah. Um, and I would rather have one of those to a fast Audi, personally. Yes, definitely. I uh, found one me. here on Auto Trader: twenty-seven thousand nine hundred ninety pounds for a twenty fourteen E sixty three estate, and oh, it's in word. black. It's got fifty four thousand miles on it. It That's looks not a lot. It just looks great, and yeah, you could you could debadge that, and it's not going to cause too much fuss, except for the noise it makes. Oh, yeah, that looks really nice, bloody hell! Oh, I feel like now you should have bought that instead of your double R supercharged. So yeah, I think Mister Webb Senior could be quite happy in that. That would be my vote. I realise this. He's put right at the end of his letter. I realise this could be a podcast in itself. To be honest, I think you two would start a side hustle to the side hustle if you suggest a winner. Well, we just find people cars. I'd I'd love to. I'd like to be that person. I love buying cars that aren't mine. It's it's something I very (laughs) much enjoy. It's like helping people move house. Much less stressful than moving house yourself. Isn't it? Lug boxes up and downstairs all day because it's not my shit. Yeah, you're not attached to it exactly. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'll drop a lot of it because it's not my shit, but that's not the point. Um, oh, gosh, this is a big question. The next one. Graham Dallas, what's the most unusual slash bizarre item you've found in a second-hand car you've bought? We have talked about these things before, I'm sure. Yeah, and we I'm never, sure we, we can have. never top our <clears throat> mutual friend who found those items <laughs> under the rear seat of a Mercedes. Of the, five, the 500 SEL that I told him to buy, because I found it and it was really cheap. And he went, he said, Johnny, I bought that car at the weekend. I think the guy's a neo-Nazi. And also, he said, but when I got it home, the smell was unholy. I was searched all weekend. To, I cleaned it and still stank. I lifted the back seat. There was a carrier bag full to the top of Dog's Mess with a Dale Winton <laughs> fridge magnet on the top. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've said this that story before. That never gets any it, less weird no, when it, I hear it. Oh no, it's the same for me. It's never, it's never any stranger or any easier to... To, to, to think about um, so that's Crikey. well that's it so it's not a car that we've bought but it's someone we both know bought this car and you in yeah. fact told this person <clears throat> to buy that car I told him to buy it was 260 quid was it? it was 260 quid and it was running driving not rotten mm. um, but he just wanted a, an engine donor because he put that engine out of it into uh, a Mercedes 123 
and he uh, ended up breaking the car for spares. So it had a really good interior, it turns out. Nice. <laughs> did it? Well, it? well, it smelly, but well presented if you had no sense of smell. Yeah, but um, if you extrapolate the, the mentality hmm. of someone who's put some dog poo in a Dale Winton fridge magnet under the back seat, what else have they been doing in that car? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, um, let's skip oh, on to the, the next What's the worst question. thing you've ever found in a car? Well, I did say um, in the States when I was filming for a BBC America show a few years, good few years back, we bought a Pontiac Aztec um, for a project car that I was doing. And it actually was quite a cool car. It was a rare four-wheel drive one. But we found um, under the... Uh, it was under the spare wheel well in the back, lots of used syringes, which have made everyone a bit... Creeped everyone out. Apparently, it was bought from a rough part of town. Wow. That's what I was told. Holy so. shit, that's just reminded me. A mate of mine who's a TV director was doing something, an advert, I think, where he just needed loads and loads of scrappers, basically. Just sort of reasonable-looking cars just to populate a street. A, a street, but they were, you know, expendable shite. And so they just got a load of cars in and then someone happened to pop the boot of one of the cars and there were bricks of cocaine in there what like proper like out of a movie kind of style massive load of drugs i don't think it was bricks i think it was like bags with little bags inside but either way it looked like a movie prop but it sort of clearly wasn't because it was a scrap car that well he'd bought it they'd bought it they'd bought a load of them oh my so immediately they went Right, this isn't right. Something is bad here. So they rang the police and went, uh, you're not going to believe this, but we've bought this scrap car and it appears to have a very large quantity of drugs in the boots. The police oh came my over. Gosh. Turns out it was an abandoned car. It had just been left on a street somewhere and a local gang had been using it as a handy stash for their wares before they went and sold it. Bloody hell. And then the car had got yanked away by the council or whatever and sent to the scrapper. And yeah, but with like with boot. 200 grand's worth of. Well, yeah, it was like it was. It was a, it was Naughtiness a shed in a boot. ton of. Shed ton. I think it was Coke. Bloody um, hell. In a boot. And they, um, yeah, they, <laughs> they just accidentally got. But yeah, what a bizarre <clears throat> thing to happen. Anyway. This, uh, I've so. got this, this question from Dave Smith is probably one. I mean, we. We're running out of time. There's so many. We're going to have mm. to do. We'll have to do this as a two-parter. Yeah. Um, Dave Smith, what do you think you'll be doing? You both be doing in ten years' time? I rem- this is like an interview question. Yeah. Um, and what? Well, I mean, I'm forty. And what am I actually? Forty two. <laughs> Just going back to that thing you said about I, having no memory of anything. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Listen, guys, I'm forty uh, something <laughs> years old. I'm definitely I, in my forties now. Well, I'm 42, and I'm thinking, and I've 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 started YouTube a little later than what most professional YouTubers have done. I have no idea what I if I'll do much more on the television because these things sort of come and go. They're a bit weather vainy TV um, gigs. Um, I I don't know. It would be great to be able to still do something on YouTube or build something up that I'm still a part of, but maybe I'm not entirely at the forefront of. Um, but also it would be great if you and I got paid to drive around in cars and point out scrapyards and laugh at people. <laughs> well, I just don't know 10 if years is enough for us to get Smith and Sniff the movie off the ground, I reckon. Oh, so, come uh, on. Netflix, know. come on. 
something like that. I, I don't, it's, it's such a difficult question. I mean, what I hope yeah. is that my, in all seriousness, I hope that my opinion uh, will be still valid and that I might still be able to make people laugh. People will still care. Um, and the state of the car world will have obviously changed and I hope I would have evolved with it. Uh, I've got a fairly broad appreciation of cars, but that's a big, that's a big old question, that. And mm. I think in, in the last year or so, when people have had a lot of time to reflect and try and work out where where they're going in life, yeah, it's a big one. It's a, I mean, I can't see us stopping doing the Smith & Sniff podcast, Richard. Uh, not for any um, time soon. I mean, you know, I think... Um, People still seem to like it. I mean, we we are just over a year of doing it, aren't we? Which is not yeah. that long. Um, I had a, a little bit of a panicky moment the other day because uh, I was talking to my wife. We were having a slightly philosophical conversation about, you know, what, where do we want to see ourselves in future? And I remembered a, a thing that I'd heard a while ago about being in your 40s, and it was described as your 40s are when you're young enough to be hungry but old enough to be wise. Oh, really stuck with me. And then I had a bit of a panic because I'm about to turn 46. So I'm over halfway through my 40s and I feel like I might have pissed away a bit of it, not not really doing much. So <laughs> so I really do need to crack on because uh, you do need to um, do it before you lose your faculties or um, or your, your hunger. Way. And your hunger, yeah. And that's the thing. It's No one wants to look back... Um, look back in regret so i don't know but 10 years is a long time isn't it a lot can change in 10 years who knows fuck knows i think i agree with you i hope i can still you know find a few people who might be interested in the kind of shit that i say or write which is sort of how i make a living yeah and um it'd be nice to do some new new things within that but i don't know as long as you've got your health you've got everything as That's right. Said to me, but, and a few um, cars lying around. Yeah. A few cars lying around. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for, for thought-provoking and philosophical question, Dave. Um, yeah, we, Dave. We are, yeah. Uh, we are going to have to um, wrap this up in a minute. I'll, I'll do this a quick one. Uh, uh, Alex Montgomery is just being nice, saying top work chaps. So thank you, Alex. Um, Ger O'Connor. What was the best unbroadcastable some say stick joke? Um, I don't. I don't remember any unbroadcastable ones. There was one that had a go at Jade Goody, um, and then she died, and I had this horrible pang. Now the reason we were having a go at it was because it was when she'd been on, um, she on Celebrity Big Brother, she'd, she'd been a bit racist, and oh, I can't remember that. Yeah, and there was a bit of an outcry, and it was a bit. You know, I just thought oh, we'll, we'll join in the fray and have a pop at her because I thought you know she came across as a bit nasty. But, you know, actually, in retrospect, just because someone's been nasty doesn't mean you should be nasty back. Anyway, you live and learn. But the thing was, when she died, I was suddenly like, oh, God, you know, every episode of Top Gear seems to live on in perpetuity on Dave, just on a a loop. And that's going to look awful if it pops up in the, you know, in the aftermath of her dying. And, um, and And then I discovered on trying to find out who I should speak to to make sure that episode wasn't transmitted anywhere uh, that actually it's on a, a do not transmit list because it was the same episode as um, the footage of Richard Hammond's accident which is oh. not available to be constantly looped on Dave oh isn't um, it? No, it has a sort of not without special permission flag on it in the BBC archive so, um, so thankfully that rather insensitive moment was, um, was 
kept from happening. Um, so, yeah, that's about the most unbroadcastable I can remember. But it was actually broadcast. Uh, Manx time. What? Well, this is this is one we can wrap up with. It's a little bit lighter. Manx Mountain Ninjas. <laughs> sure, that's not his real name or her real name. <laughs> uh, what car? What car makes you mutter the word Bellend straight away upon sight? Oh, um, the current Range Rover Sport SVR. I'm afraid. Yeah, it does usually have a bit makes of that. me assume belendery, and it's sort of it's guilty until proven innocent because you see them being driven in urban areas in such a twattish way. You do. I, I think it's partly because they're noisy. But well, it's just bra- It's just an horrible brashness, isn't yeah, it? I'm not one to have a pop at someone driving a supercharged Range Rover product, obviously, but it's the way in which say. they're driven that seems to be perennially twatty. Uh, and also, Mercedes G63s. What, just general belendery? Again, I'm not in a position to have a go at supercharged or more or turbo. turbocharged um, <clears throat> SUVs, but they seem to attract a certain sort of standard of driving that is of the fluty end of things. On a Friday night, usually I would go and get fish and chips for my family from the local fish and chip shop. And when I'm standing out there waiting for my order to be cooked... Um, there's a little side street and there's a lot of people that seem to be ringing it out in second gear going up there. It's a narrow street with a path either side. Um, and it, and, and the, the ones that make me mutter bellend regularly, and in fact, I probably will be muttering bellend tonight. It's a, there's two cars. They're both diesel. They've both got induction kits and the... Uh, the blow-off valve, which sounds like a pigeon. You know the one I mean? Oh. Yeah. They've got that. One of them's a BMW E46 four-door, which is just right. get ghetto modified. And the other one's a, a Golf Mark IV with R32 body kit on it, but clearly okay. a diesel. I was going to guess it's some kind of VAG TDI yeah, but just era. just sh- just shitly mapped black smoke. But like, but, but, but <laughs> shitly <I think> mapped. <laughs> what do you know what I mean? Your mate who's smoking weed and pre- playing Fortnite is mapping your car with the other hand, going, "Oh, that'll be all right. It'll puff smoke and it will inhale really hard. Whatever. I don't even understand what I'm doing. Anyway, go and get me some munchies. I think it's that. I think it's that. And, and but more than anything, it's the doing more than thirty in a thirty whilst properly leaning on a on a low gear. I find yeah. that that instantly creates the Bell M word for me. Yeah, it's true. And on that note, I'm going to say thanks to everybody who sent in questions. We will get through all of them eventually. Uh, yes, we are going to do a bonus show later this week where we'll answer some more of these questions, probably out on Friday, if you're listening to this before then. If you're not, you'll already know about it. And um, that's... I'm tying myself in knots here. So anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. And uh, we will see you for a bonus answering questions show at the end of this week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.